You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And here we are for another podcast in session. So what are we smoking this week, Brad? Well, this week we're going to sit, smoke, and chill with the uh, CAO session. Uh, this is going to sport a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper with a Dominican Vega Especial binder and a Dominican Polito Cubano and Nicaraguan Esteli filler. And they do it in some kind of unique post-fermentation treatment that they say deepens the flavor and darkens its color. And this one is definitely black as fook. Yeah, this, uh, you know, the the darkness of this wrapper, um, you know, is definitely one of the things that struck me. But it's also got this, you know, flashy, orange, shiny wrapper and, uh, you know, the the branding of this is sit smoke chill um and just the two colors the orange on the the black of the wrapper just makes this thing pop yeah that's one thing that stood out to me like when i you know walked into the humidor at, at the cigar shop it was like all the way down the aisle you could see this just like black ass cigar in this bright chevy orange uh box i'm like i gotta smoke that <laughs> and now we are and uh this cigar here is um you know it's touted as a medium, um, however, it's a medium cigar that is full-on flavor. Um, handmade in the Dominican Republic, and uh, like Joe said, it does have that unique uh, post-fermentation treatment. Um, and just my initial thoughts is, this is starting off a really great cigar. Um, yeah, I Definitely, uh, it was designed by... Uh... CAO's master blender Ricky Rodriguez and his signature is even on the the secondary uh, wrapper here and he's you know designed CAO session to be ideal cigar for any occasion and any cigar smoker inspired by the cigar smoking in his garage so it kind of still goes with CAO's motorcycle and hot rod themes they've been doing lately. Which is, you know, kind of curious, you know, I was surprised when you picked this one out because, uh, you know, for some reason I woke up today and I was like, man, I have not had a MX-2 in a very long time. And that was uh, one of the first cigars that I really remember enjoying. And uh, here we are, you know, with another CAO. And, uh, That's kind of like the, the the old Rabbit Reindeer was an MX-2 with a little bit extra Lajero. And yes. I, I do like that blend. I, I haven't had a regular MX-2 in a, in a minute. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, uh, just initially this, this is shaping up to be really good. Um, I don't know, kind of woody, earthy, um, very smooth draw. I, I mean, I hate to sound cliche, but, I mean, this is shaping up to be the any occasion cigar that, you know, it, it's branded. You know, I mean... Yeah, I went to pick this up, but there was a general cigar Cohiba event uh, this last Tuesday at the cigar shop, and these just came out, and I picked one of them, and like I say, it was a damn good cigar then, and yeah, that was an interesting night, because first time I've been to a cigar uh, meetup with a magician, 
<laughs> and all the cigars disappeared. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I got a uh, magic trick. I can make a cigar disappear. It's going to take me about an hour and a half. But <laughs> yeah, so if you get a chance to check out uh, his website, is the Modern Mentalist. Uh, his name's Kevin uh, Nicholas. That dude did some weird shit. <laughs> I was like, I'm an observant guy, and half the time I, we've seen magicians at cons before. I'm like, I can kind of get how that happened. This I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this guy was doing half the night. <laughs> I was, like, I was like, this guy's got some magic. Uh, he was his playing mind games is what he was doing. <laughs> magic uh, with a kick. Magic with a kick. Kind of like this cigar. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of kicks, um, I think this is that part where we segue either into something about Strike Force Energy or something about what we're actually going to be talking about well, this episode. This week, we're talking about the new Amazon Prime series. The boys, which is kind of a dark. So we can crack some beers with the boys. Exactly, crack some cold ones. You know, and then we thought this this is our last episode before Dragon Con, so we thought a, a superhero themed thing would be uh, appropriate. And you know, if you're gonna try to take down the corrupt superpowers, you should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy dot com. Use your promo code Cigarners for twenty percent off your order, and it will give you the energy you need to get through Dragon Con. <laughs> is that so? Well, it might take a lot, but it'll get you through Dragon Con. <laughs> At least through, you know, day one. I mean, yeah. you know, you can't just do one strike force and think you're going to make it through Con. No, it's going to take, you know, probably one to seven per day. Just go ahead and get know. you a, a Camelback and just pour one of those 750 milliliter bottles like straight into your Camelback and just sip on that all weekend. That'll, that'll keep you going or turn you get into you a zombie some. one. Get you some orange flavor and top it off with vodka and there you go. Yeah, a little freaking uh... screwdriver energy. Oh, yeah. A little some Stradkas. Stradkas. I like it. <laughs> so with that, we'll be uh, right back with the boys. <laughs> Yo, Welcome back. The boys are back in town. <laughs> yeah. Another one of my so, bad singing sessions. I've got to say that, um, you know, even before we jump into recapping anything, I went into the series blind. And, you know, I'm like, oh, it's superheroes. I gotta say... This is not at all what I <laughs> thought I was um, in for at all, and, oh, yeah. and it was it was surprising. It was different, and um, it left me wanting more. Yeah. It was... So if you listen no further because you haven't seen this series yet on Amazon Prime, uh, do give it a go. Um, do be forewarned that it is um, a very a 
adult-oriented content. So if you're not, you know, letting your Very kiddies watch... graphic at times. Yes, so. uh, watch rated R films, then, um, you know, definitely not one for the kids. Yeah, it's based off of the comic book series by the same name, The Boys, by Gareth Ennis and Derek Robertson, and developed uh, for Amazon by Eric Kripke. Any Supernatural fans out there, he's the guy behind Supernatural. Yeah, because I, I did feel like, you know, as I was watching this, you know, before I, you know, saw his name and everything else, I was like, this, this definitely has kind of that, that nod to Supernatural. Oh, yeah, they even had uh, the guy who plays Bobby Singer show up as, uh, it was like some senator or uh, <laughs> armed forces committee guy at one point. I'm like, I recognize that dude. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I mean, this kind of... This did a great job of explaining, like, the the politics, the marketing, all of the, you know, stuff behind what goes into keeping your superheroes in line, but at the same time having a very resident evil umbrella corporation um you know twist to it all <laughs> you know, very much a like almost like a you know a talk on celebrity culture and, and politics and whatnot because it's you know the premise of the show is superheroes are real and they're all managed by this corporation called like the vot corp vot incorporated that's the V controls everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's basically like an evil version of Disney where like they own all the merchandising, the movies, you know, like everything. They like run the business side of the superheroes and kind of act as their publicists and managers. I mean, they have state of the art surveillance and even like crime analysts that are like, you know, Give them like a nightly agenda. Here's your crime list of this is what we've predicted is all the crime that's going to go down. So they don't even really have to, you know, be like Batman and detect shit. They're like, you know, be here, stop these crimes. We're going to have a, a, a camera crew, camera crew waiting. waiting to for propaganda purposes. And but and, I mean that that was kind of the interesting thing is you know I mean folks want superheroes so regardless if they have like i i guess this is kind of like a parody of all of our favorite superheroes who have done so much good and these are you know the hey we we want the fame and glory and that's all we really care about yeah it's pretty much like almost like that uh a DC series, I can't remember the name of it, where they went to an alternate Earth where the basically the superheroes were not really evil, but they controlled the world. They um they're like, why do we just save the world when we can rule it and make sure everything's cool? So they're all like super corrupt. And these guys are all like the ones that aren't like actively involved in illegal stuff are all like ego maniacal and all about making money off of their fame and it's they don't really give a shit about saving people anymore it's just all you know how can we make more money at this yeah so you know this starts out with you learn that there is a group called the seven and i guess these are like the elites the upper echelon of the superhero world these are the you know 
faces, the personalities, and the recognizable characters that, you know... Yeah, because I think they say there's, like, something like 200 super-powered people in the world, and they've they've almost, like, the corporation is almost, like, licensing them out. Like, you know, at one point there's a meeting with, like, the mayor of Baltimore, and they're like, you know, we'll, we'll give you your own exclusive superhero, but it's going to cost you $300 million a year. Some other, you know, they're almost like the... Reminded me of the dealing of, uh, like, you see some sports agents, like, you know, a town trying to buy their own. Yeah, it's almost like they're team. trying to draft, you know, a, a superhero. <laughs> and it's like, uh, so there's there's a cost to play, huh? Yeah. And and so, like, New York is, like, supposed to, I guess, like, the biggest uh, venue. Like, the, the be- only the best superheroes work for New York. Yeah, have... that's obviously the most corrupt city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they have this team called The Seven, which is almost like a... A dark Justice League. There's Homelander, which is your Superman type guy. There's what are Queen... you talking about? That straight up Captain America, <laughs> Captain America, Superman mix. And then you got Queen Maeve, which is your fake Wonder Woman. You have the A Train, which is the fake Flash, and you've got Black Noir, which I'm I guess is fake Batman. I don't know. He just kind of dresses all in See, black. See, I didn't know if anything. it was Batman or you know there were. Uh, couple other characters that i was kind of thinking that you know like and maybe it was even a villain at one time um but you know essentially he doesn't talk or do anything so i guess all the evil corrupt people he's probably the only one that you know is legit because he doesn't speak doesn't act or anything of that (laughs) nature so he's not really getting into anything bad and then you have uh, translucent which is like the the Invisible Man, and then you have their fake Aquaman, The Deep. Who, and it kind of reminds me how we used to always make fun of like Aquaman and the Super Friends because like his main power is he talks to fish. So they're all like, "Hey, this crime is water adjacent, so you get to take the Deep with you on this mission." And he's like, "Man, why do I only get the water crimes? I could do so much more." He's just like, he's like the laughing stock of the Seven, and. I think he even at one point he calls himself a diversity hire because they just wanted a fish guy. <laughs> but he's like such a such a loser, and the, his story arc is just yeah. I mean, we'll get into goes that. from bad yes. to worse. But then you have the one of the seven has retired lamplighter, which you find out later he's responsible for some bad shit. So they never really say if he actually retired or if somebody took him out. But so there's a new superhero who has been auditioning to join the seven uh, a, a young midwestern girl by the name of starlighter who has like the power of light can almost like create laser beams from her hands and shit but she's very much that wide-eyed optimistic actually wants to be a hero and then she gets behind the veil and sees that all her heroes are actually assholes <laughs> the old saying don't meet your heroes kids because you will be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, that was kind of the thing, because you learn very on early on that, you know, these folks aren't who you think they are. Like, yeah. except for, you know, Starlighter, who's just the naive, typical, I want to do good for the sake of doing good and help people. And, you know, unfortunately... That becomes, you know, her biggest downfall because, uh, you know, she learns quickly that, you know, with fortune and fame and, you know, hey, you want to have 
this life and everything, well, unfortunately, you're going to have to do some, uh, have some bad shit happen, you know, for the people in power to give you that chance. Yeah, because she gets... I mean, definitely some uh, Harvey Weinstein shit. Yeah, like straight off the bat. I mean, they, they introduce her to everyone at a shareholders meeting, kind of like a, whatever, big Apple or D23 uh, show for the... If she meets the deep and he's like straight up like Harvey Weinstein's like, you know, takes her up to the, the command center and shows her everything. And the next thing you know, he's got his like fish stick out. He's like, what's going on? He's like, well, you know, she really want to be a part of the team. Yeah. I mean, you did say you had a crush on me. Yeah. She's it's like, if you don't do it, I'm going to, cause she gets pissed off and like flash and like ends up breaking a couple TVs. He's like, I'm, you know, Hey, I'm the number two around here. You know, if you don't play ball, then I'm going to tell everybody you attacked me. And so she takes one for the proverbial team. And it's just like, you know, she expected to get into the business to save people and realizes they're all shitheads. And even when she goes to her first staff meeting, they're all in there complaining about not getting enough points on merchandising and everything else. And finally, you know, Homelander's the one that's like, all right, let's at least put on a show for the new girl. Like, I don't want to hear about money. Like, tell me how many people you saved this week. You know, is very much trying to be the Boy Scout at the start before you realize he's the most fucked up of them all. Yes. And, uh, I mean, that was the thing is, um, you know, this is one of the few shows that, you know, right off the bat, the people that are supposed to be the heroes, you're like, I hate them all. Yeah. Like, I, you know, so it was kind of interesting because that leads us into the next group of folks uh, who you very much want to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first you're introduced to... Huey, uh, which is kind of a loser dude, works at a electronics store, which do those hey, even exist anymore? <laughs> I, you know, to the Radio Shack capacity, no, but I mean, you know, they're still Fry's Electronics. I mean, you know, I mean, they're yeah. not as, as rampant as they used to be. I mean, you know, essentially the store he worked at is what Radio Shack used to be. Yeah, it's all, you know, technology, TVs, and, you know, the places where you can, for your do-it-yourselfers, you can buy all your equipment. And he's engaged, about to move in with, with his girlfriend, and as they're, she's walking him out to dinner, just steps off the curb and immediately explodes into a shower of blood because A-Train just runs through her. <laughs> he's like, oops, sorry, I, I can't stop, and just takes off running. And, like, that's what, it, I mean, that's, like, within, what, the first... 20 yeah, I minutes mean, of dude, episode one. Like, I mean, that was straight out of, you know, Final Destination and the bus scene. Yeah, this was it, except it was a man. Yeah, a he's A man like, moving extremely fast. Yeah, I mean, she just explodes. Huey's, like, still holding her hands, and she just, like, this shower of blood and teeth, and you see bones flying. It's like, and it's all in slow motion. This one, I was like, oh, shit, this isn't the superhero show I thought I was watching. <laughs> this is taking a turn. This is going to be some graphic shit. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just like, oh, damn. Yep, so, you know, and of course this big corporation tries to cover th everything up, you know. Oh, no, the... she was standing in the street and he was on his way to solve a crime and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, she was still on the sidewalk and your guy got a little sort I wonder if that's ever happened to the Flash. <laughs> oh, because the... The what? Flash moves so fast, everything looks else looks like it's slow motion to him. So you think he would see 
But as we find out later, A-Train was just high as shit at the time, too. Don't super speed and do drugs, kids. It's not a good combination. So, I, I guess, you know, cue, cue Rob Zombie, super speeding, you know, <laughs> demon speeding, something. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's, a, there's a song here that needs to be played. I can't drive 55. <laughs> <laughs> Some Sammy Hagar. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, he's, uh, like I said, they send their lawyers. They're like, here you go. We'll give you, well, you weren't married, so you don't really get any benefits, but we'll give you 45 grand just to shut your mouth if you sign this, like, NDA. And he's like, go fuck yourself. And but then he starts, he's, like, trying to figure out how to sue him. And they're like, well, they, they're they almost kind of like the cops. That it's like you can't, our government, it's hard to sue them if they're supposedly in the line of duty accident and, and 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 his dad played by Simon Pegg is just like man you're like you got no fight in you yeah. kid like what what are you even doing he's like, like you know I'm a pussy you're a pussy just you know fucking take the money and shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah it's like you know we could we could use this to upgrade our TV so you know when Remington still comes on or yeah. you know something you know I mean we yeah. could, we could be watching this shit on like you know I don't know it's weird because like the video store. Even though things are kind of set in modern times, it wasn't all, like, from what I'm remembering, like, I felt like some of it was, like, older technology. Like, you know, you got the bears with cameras in the eyes and stuff like that, and, you know, I don't know. They were still watching stuff on an old CRT tube-style TV, so, I mean, you know. I mean, like, you need your HDMI and your, and your whatnot, and, yeah, rattling off all kind of technology shit. So, I mean, he knows his... his his technology, but he's still kind of a... Which, most of it is made up shit to sound... Yeah, sound cool. ...related. I was like, that's bullshit! <laughs> that's that's half the way of selling shit to the yeah, uneducated. It's like, let me just dazzle them with bullshit words and make them think they really need this product that they probably don't actually need. It's got a Pentium 86 with <laughs> 3 megabytes of RAM, and it'll run 8-bit video games. Uh yeah, so soon after what well, he's trying to figure out what to do, he meets Billy Butcher, uh, played by Carl Urban, which if you're going to Dragon Con, I believe he's going to be at Dragon Con this year, and so is, uh, I think, uh, the guy who plays Homelander, uh, Anthony Starr, I think is supposed to be there this which year Which was just as awesome, because well. I was straight up like, we got the Dread. <laughs> Hell yeah, fucking Judge. That, that was the best Dread movie. Yes. And I, I don't know. I mean, I almost felt like this role was kind of a... Uh, you know, along that line, because, you know, he's, uh, I don't know, it's weird, because it's kind of portrayed, oh, he's kind of mobbish, and, uh, yeah. you know, maybe he's kind of a a villain, but then you're like, well, I don't really like these superheroes, so I kind of <laughs> want him to go down. <laughs> yeah, he kind of comes off as a as an asshole to start with, and you know, he tells me he's with a special division of the FBI that polices superheroes. And then he, he's like, you know, come with me. I got to show you something. And then he identifies himself as like a cop to another. Like, well, it turns out he's former CIA and part of this unit called the boys that were legitimately investigating superheroes. But then apparently their leader, her grandkids were murdered by a superhero because they were investigating superheroes. The lamplighter, the one who supposedly retired and then, they all got kind of disavowed, but Billy Butcher still has a vendetta against 
Homelander because he thinks that his wife disappeared like eight years ago after being supposedly raped by Homelander and no one knows what happened to her. So he's like, I don't give a fuck if we're no longer backed by the government. I'm going to find a way to take these fuckers down. <laughs> and now he comes across Billy, which is to him is like kind of like a, he sees a younger version of himself nearly. And he's like, yeah, come absolutely. on, kid. I'm hey, going to help hey, you get you've been wrong. But in a way, you know, I mean, I kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of manipulative, you know, where it's, Hey, we got this recent event. Let me let me introduce myself. Let me let me show you this, and then up, oh, you give me what I need. I'm out. Yeah, you know, go back to your life, kid. Like you, you're not cut out for this shit. Yeah, he very much like you know takes him to. It looked almost like one of that underground Russian club from like the first uh, uh, John Wick movie. He takes him to this weird back alley club, and he's like, "Let me show you something, kid." The thing what you think your superheroes aren't really heroes. They're you can't imagine all the shit they're up to and takes them into this, this club where there is like freaking orgies in the sky from flying people. The, the little like ant man looking dude who just like runs like full speed and dives into a, a girl's crunch. <laughs> I mean, it's just the freaking most debaucherous shit you can imagine. He's like, yeah, this is where all the soups come to like do whatever the hell they want without paparazzis or, the general public seeing the, the shit that they're up to. And they even introduced one guy named, uh, was it Ezekiel or something like that? Who is like the super Jesus, like you know, right wing Westboro Baptist church preacher superhero. Who's also like elastic man. And he's like, his big thing is like pray the gay away, but he's like having a three way with two dudes. He's like super closeted <laughs> gay. And then he takes them into like the security thing. And, finds video of a train after he had killed, you know, Huey's girlfriend. Just like, yeah, man, I fucking ran through this bitch and hit her so hard. I swallowed a molar. It was gross. And just, just freaking laughing about it. And just, you know, you know, that was the, it's the little extra motivation he needed to, to hook Huey, uh, all the way to his cause. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, but then again, like, do you want to go through with... I don't know. Like, I almost felt very much like the Matrix. It's like, do you want the red pill? Everything stays the same as you know it. Or do you want the blue pill and you can really see shit for what it is and, you know, really get behind the scenes? But everything changes. All of your life, you know, long idols are no longer idols, you yeah. know? You've kind of been, the matrix has been removed and now you see the real, how fucked up the real yes. world is. You know, his plan is like, all right, you're going to, you're going to call and tell him you're going to take the money on one condition that you get to meet a train and, and get an apology from him. That way they'll let you into the headquarters and you can plan a bug so I can you know get evidence on these assholes. And by a bug, I mean this one watch battery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, your phone. which will never be seen through that glass table. <laughs> what? <laughs> so sure enough, he sneaks in, does his role, plants the bug. But unfortunately, translucent man is kind of a pervert and just hangs out in the bathroom watching people and sees him <laughs> pulling the bug. And tracks him back to his I mean, store. is there just one bathroom? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I like, guess so. I, I, you know, in the beginning, you know, when uh, 
you know, Scarlet and, you know, what's her name, uh, you know. Maze and Starlight. Yeah, Maze and Starlight, you know, they're like, you can never let, you know, the other guys see you broken down and, you know, conditioned no matter what you've gone through. And, you know, the whole time Translucent's just chilling, you know. <laughs> they're like. Butt naked in the corner. <laughs> yeah, like, mm, gonna jerk my gherkin, you know, <laughs> while some girls are pooping. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird motherfucker. But. Yeah, you're very much like, you know, after he's you know, done, you know, Huey's like, what's next? He's like, oh, nothing. You just go back to your life. And, you know, uh, I, I don't really need you anymore. And tries to, like, leave, leave him. But then, you know, fucking Invisible Man shows up and starts beating the shit out of him, trying to kill him because he planted a bug. And apparently Billy was still watching and runs the car through and runs him over. And freaking... Which, I mean, it was kind of... You know, the way they get Invisible Man to not be so invisible is great. <laughs> yeah, he just you takes know, a beating until he has enough just, blood on him that he can, like, spit blood on him. He's like, ah, now I see you, invisible asshole. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And speaking of which, like, the way he turns invisible, his his skin kind of becomes a diamond carbon nano thing that bends light. But it only works if he's completely naked. So he's having to fight butt-ass naked. <laughs> and Huey shoves a power cable up his ass to <laughs> knock him out. Yeah. I mean, I, I I do gotta give this series credit. Because for all of the sick perversions and everything else of the superheroes, they typically meet their fate in the same, you know, way that they fetishize their perversions. <laughs> which yeah. I found satisfying yet very disturbing as we will talk about later <laughs> yeah cause you got translucent man they knock him out they go f- talk to their weapons expert the another former member of the boys Frenchie who is now kind of operating as a gun dealer and mercenary they're like this guy has seen her face we've got to kill him but he's impervious like how do we kill him <laughs> and this the whole series of like well we've shocked him and that didn't work Let's Tried try- to blow him up. Yeah. That didn't work. Let's shoot him with a fifty cal with a special bullet that's made from the same type of material he is. That didn't work. And he's just laughing at him, you fucking idiots. <laughs> and finally they're watching like a nature documentary and he sees a turtle and he's like, I've got an idea. <laughs> so they just knock him out and implant C4 in his butthole. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know. It's definitely effective. I, well, I mean, you know, we, we talked about Avengers Endgame. You know, Ant-Man getting really small, implanting himself in Thanos. I mean, they took that quite literally in this series. And I gotta say, I appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's kinda... I mean, it's like a parody that at times can be comical, but very serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is kind of a mindfuck of a series, and, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's what made it so great. And, you know, Butcher and Frenchie are very much, like, the hardcore x You know, they've killed a few people, and it's no big deal to them, but, you know, Huey's still kind of naive and whatnot, but then he has a moment where it ends up being him with the trigger, and he has the option of letting him go, and he starts to let him go, and he walks about halfway down the hallway, and he just looks at this poster because they're hiding out in a former restaurant. There's like a baby covered in spaghetti sauce and it says like, keep, keep your hands, hands clean. clean. And he's just like, 
you know what, fuck this guy, and, like, pulls the trigger, and he just liquefies. <laughs> and then Billy looks back at the poster, and he's got blood all over him, kind of like the baby with the <laughs> with the sauce, and it's just like, oh, that was messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there were some great explosions. Yep. Usually consisting of bodies. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say the effects in this show were, were pretty damn good. But yeah, the the different the and then there's like a weird subplot of they find out that the superheroes aren't born super; they're actually basically created, yeah, and injected, and you know, Vought has come up with a drug called Compound V that, when administered to childs, will give them superpowers. And so they're kind of going around the nation under the cover of this charity who's supposedly distributing a polio vaccine and dosing babies to create the superheroes that they eventually can control and and market it. But if supers take more of the drug, it's almost like a addictive steroids. And A-Train, who ran through the girlfriend, has gotten hooked on on this stuff and was high as shit when he ran through her, and he's kind of delivering the drug to because the whole corporation they've kind of made as much money as they can on this the regular superhero shit and now they want to get into government contracting they're trying hard to get superheroes into the military so the easiest way to do that is to create super terrorists they are are it's not even that's the one that was the one thing that was fucked up is that later on you find out it's not really the corporation's idea this is something Homelander came up with on his own. So the whole thing when they're like, oh, they're all behind this. And I'm like, yeah, this corporation's evil as fuck. Then you find out like, no, it's Homelander himself has come up with this whole plan to like, this is how we're going to get in the military is we're going to give our enemies superpowers. That way we c- are the only ones that can deal with it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? Shoot some ballistic missiles that they're just going to destroy, you know, or outrun or whatever, like the collateral damage of that, you know trying to take out a super with conventional weapons so yeah because they have the sitwell is the the lady who's kind of like the head manager over the the seven you know when she finds out about it she's like we can run with this it's like you know it's like you've done something fucked up but this is like the greatest thing ever for the corporation because she even has a meeting with one of the senators trying to get this bill passed and she's like what's uh lockheed martin's biggest product and he's like i know you used to be on the the panel at lockheed and he's like I forgot what weapon he's like yeah you know they're responsible for this this for so many billions uh and she starts naming off all these big military contractors and and what their biggest selling item is and she's like and now all that shit means exactly dick because a freaking terrorist with a superpower can just destroy all that shit in a blink so we're the only people that have the product that can deal with that stuff so you know welcome to the new age yeah yeah that that was um I don't know. In a way, predictable. But, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like, I think this series does a great job of how to be a PR campaign person and a marketing guru. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's like, I'm thinking to the, the Microsofts, the Apples, the, you know, freaking... <laughs> Yeah, because you have like the the end of, and the individual hero, quote unquote heroes. They're 
like I said, you got a train who is, he's obsessed. There's one kind of reason he's gotten hooked on the drugs is he's obsessed with being the fastest man alive. And he's getting older and he's like, there's other heroes that are potentially faster than me, but I got to keep taking this drug so I can maintain keep my, my status. Yep. And then you have, well, let's Life talk slack. about the deeps storyline for a second. Like I said, he, he does the whole me too thing and Starlighter kind of refu- refuses to play ball and gets uh, on stage at a religious convention and says, like, you know, I'm not taking anybody's shit anymore. I was, like, sexually assaulted and and all, and just puts it out there for everyone to see. And the corporation is like, well, we got to he- get ahead of this. We can't take th- this was on live TV. We can't take it all back. So we're just going to kind of like Hollywood has done with other actors and people that have gotten into scandals. We're just going to make them disappear for a while and we'll bring you back later. So they make him make a public apology. And there's like, it even goes through the whole, like the many takes of him trying to get his apology believable, which that's absolutely something I'm yes, Hollywood I, people I, I, have yes. probably done. And then they banish him to Sandusky, Ohio, kind of like, you know, Sandusky, the freaking Penn state molester, <laughs> which I thought that was a good uh, city to send him to. And he's like, you know, and then he himself ends up getting sexually assaulted. I mean, he's like by the end of it, because not only does he have this scandal of of doing this, he's also like trying to be ecological. His whole thing is like, you know, the dolphins. Yeah, I mean, man. he literally wants to, you know, try to protect the ecosystems, the ocean environments, and you know, the ability to speak with, you know, fish and aquatic life. You know, he, you know, I was like, hey, I. I I see your struggle, man. I feel you. Like, <laughs> yeah, because he, he goes to him. He's like, hey, I got a, a good project. The the dolphins at uh, whatever Sea World or Sea Land, whatever they called it in the in the show, are being abused. We should like free them. And they're like, you do realize you're part of their summer campaign. Like, we've already got paid for all this stuff. So maybe we'll do something later on. So he finally says, "Fuck it," and decides to go steal a dolphin, <laughs> which is the dumbest. High- he's like in this van. With a dolphin in a, and the dolphin's like hitting on him. He's <laughs> like the dolphin. He's like, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, I get it. And you know, he's like, he's like, come on, if I if I touch it, will you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> like, forget dolphins are perverts, man. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, like everything he kind of touches goes to shit, which I think is you know just karma in the making. Cause yeah. you know what happens to the dolphin? <laughs> yeah, cops uh, they get busted trying to steal it. And the cops pull out in front of him, so he hits the cop car, and the dolphin just goes, like, ejects through the window. And there's even, like, slow-mo of the dolphin, like, looking at him and kind of winking, like, hey, baby. And from through the window, gets hit by a semi. <laughs> uh, and then, like I said, after the, the sex thing comes out, he gets sent to Ohio, and he's, like, you know, sees lobsters in the grocery store and tries to buy the lobster to, to free him, and then the chef, like, you know, kills it before. He's like, no, no, wait! on. Oh. He can't do anything right. And Which, then he... I mean, you, you've tainted yourself. And then I think he gets a, a great dose of... Uh, his own medicine. His own medicine. And probably one of the most disturbing ways imaginable. Somebody fingers his blowhole. Well, yeah, because, <laughs> you know, I, I guess, you know, with his superpowers and everything around, you know, sort of his... Uh, midsection area he's got gills yeah and where some... most people have six packs he's got gills <laughs> yeah 
And um, he just you know. full on gets gill raped, <laughs> which is kind of deserving. But then at the end, he just like has like a full on Britney Spears breakdown and starts shaving his head and everything else. So when season two runs around, his that's what the hell's gonna happen to him because he's just kind of lost his shit. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was a uh, vengeance. I guess. I guess the dis- most disturbing part was just the girl getting off on you know the the gill fist yeah like i mean quit your whining just starts it starts with a pinky and then you know kind of just goes from there it's like hmm all right well (laughs) yeah i got this text like episode seven has the most disturbing thing ever i'm not gonna tell you you know what you'll know what it is when you see it and i'm like watching like yep this is probably it (laughs) (laughs) But then you got Queen Maeve, too, who's kind of the Wonder Woman archetype. And you think she's just as evil as the rest of them, but it turns out, you know, she's like, I legitimately wanted to do good. And she even had some moments where she tried to do good, but she's just like, I can't. She felt powerless. Yeah, she's like, I can't exist in this system. Like, I can't do anything worthwhile because of how fucked up this system is. And at one point, her and Homecomer, Homecomer, <laughs> Homelander, <laughs> tries to save a, a, a airplane that's been hijacked, and they end up like destroying the plane, killing the terrorists. And she's like, legitimately, like, we've got to save these people. Like, you know, go outside and pick up the plane. He's like, there's nothing to stand on. I can't really do anything. So, like, well, why don't you just like fly and try to hit it? She's like, it'll just knock it off course. Nothing we can do here. She's like, come on, just fly these people one at a time. He's like, I can't make a hundred trips. There's nothing. And he's like. Don't worry, everyone's going to be safe. And she's like, you know, even like grabs two kids. Like, here, at least save these two kids. And, and she's like, he's like, why? So they can tell everybody we let everyone else die? No, fuck them. He's like, you can either come with me or you can die with these people. And she has to like, you know, she's like, I'm sorry. You know, and she's like legitimately upset about the whole thing. So she's, even though she's kind of callous and uncaring at the start, you know, she's not entirely soulless. You kind yeah. of have a hoping she'll you know, make a turnaround at some point. Yeah. And I mean, that was the thing is, you know, I mean, you can hover, right? Like, I mean, but I I don't know. I mean, I think that was all just part of the ploy, you know, to be like, Oh, look at there. You know, you've got, you know, terrorist forces and things, you know, at play and not even your superheroes can prevent all bad things from happening, you know? So all the more reason you need us because, uh, you're two jets swooping in. What were you doing for those people? And yeah, they completely cover up the fact that they're the one that caused the accident. He's like, see if, if we'd been part of the command structure and knew about this sooner, we could have stopped all this. And you know, he's just like a complete asshole since he's the one that brought the plane down. An asshole with some serious mommy issues, which we soon learn about. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out he was the first superhero. And as you kind of delve into his past, like the company, when they first started trying this stuff, they're like, realized that raising people in a lab created kind of psychopaths. He had no, no, uh, no, like normalization human human, or anything. Yeah, was, I mean, it's it's almost like the same, you know, effects that I've seen, like um, I've seen done on people that are locked away in solitary confinement for you know long extended periods of time. Like it just either the person figures out a way to commit suicide or it destroys the psyche. Yeah. So they uh, 
end up, you know, that's kind of why they, when they find out the, the come across the, the fact that they're dosing babies later on, you hear from the guy who designed the program is like, yeah, we we realized it was much easier to do this to them while they still had parents to raise them right. And then, you know, their powers kind of take an effect later on. But, you know, he said, you know, and he's like, well, I'm your greatest invention. He's like, no, you're my greatest failure. Because, <laughs> like I said, he's basically a... Just sociopath. Friggin- yeah, sociopath. He has, like, no feeling, really. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the, the big thing, you know? I mean, even, like, uh, the, the scenes, you know, where it shows... Um, you know, them playing peekaboo and stuff like that, like, through the, you know, freaking cell doors and whatnot, like, it's just kind of wild, you know, because, you know, it's not just, oh, we're heartless doctors and blah, 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 it's like, nah. <laughs> What's funny is that when they go to, uh, they, they, they're, they're kind of following the chain of, of investigation, trying to get this information, and they find out that X... Ex- Xavier is you know the one of the people involved, and they're like, "Well, we'll go, we'll blackmail him with this video we got from the club of him doing gay stuff," <laughs> and they send Billy in to like a meet and greet. Well, he gets baptized and his phone's like wet, so he doesn't have the video. So he's like, uh, "Hey, I met you at this soups club. Like, we were having a three way, and you did like magical stuff on my butthole." <laughs> trying, trying to convince him he was one of the guys he had sex with that night because he didn't have the video anymore. <laughs> It was hilarious. Him just kind of like adapting on the fly. But when they you know go to the hospital where the stuff was getting shipped, and they found the the whole superhero baby thing, and there's one of them has like laser eyes, and like the security guys come in and start shooting at uh, Billy and uh, the other member of the boys. We've not talked about uh, Mother's Milk. He's like, wait a minute, I got an idea, and he just grabs the baby and starts using it as a gun and just slot and just slicing these dudes in half with the the baby's laser eyes. <laughs> yeah, that part was a bit, you know, crazy. I and he puts him back in the in the manger and he's like he's like, "All right, you be good. If not, I'll come back and stomp your little ass." <laughs> he's like, "Grow up to be a good hero." And then they find Kamiko, who is, you know, and they're kind of tracking the the flow of drugs and figure out that the that they're trying to create super terrorist uh, for to give a, a hero something to fight, and she's like a girl that was kidnapped as a child and and trained to be a soldier and you know, kind of like force inducted into some kind of Southeast Asian terrorist organization and given superpowers that she can't. She has like super strength and super healing, but can't speak. She's kind of a Asian Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, minus the no claws, just ripped I... motherfuckers apart. <laughs> I don't know. She had those two. Like I don't know if it's like her wrist break or something, but they were like two. Uh, oh no, that was the homeboy's girlfriend that had the like little uh, claw things that would come out of her wrist. Oh, okay. Well, that's another fucked up one where they go and bug uh, A-Train's girlfriend to get information on him. And she's also taking the drugs, getting high, and her landlord shows up. And she's like, I don't have the money to pay, but there could be a way that, you know, I don't have to pay. I mean, everyone has a superhero fantasy. So they're filming her and she's doing a whole, like, I've caught the burglar, uh... Like porn, straight thing. cat and mouse. Uh, yeah, you know, and starts riding his face till his head explodes. 
<laughs> and that's how they get blackmail on her. <laughs> but yeah, that was disturbing. <laughs> and I forgot, she said something like, uh, she had a great one-liner that I was just like, oh, that is fucked up, but funny. <laughs> and I can't quite remember that line. Like, you know, because she's trying to do the whole, you know, female dominatrix thing and, uh, you know, you like eating this ass, don't you? And, <laughs> like, like that. So that was the problem. It was out of season. <laughs> is there only a season for eating ass? According that... to Ross Patterson, there is an ass eating season. Okay. It's probably the cooler months. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you can't do that shit in the summer. You get swamp ass. <laughs> That'll give you pink eye. Well, <laughs> hopefully you're only eating the ass after a shower. But, you know, hey, to, to each their oh. own. I'm not going to critique somebody's ass-eating techniques, I guess. Uh, but And then you have... How many more times can we say ass-eating in this episode? I don't know, but the other surprise I character... I mean, we had the ass-blaster episode. This, this needs to be the... <laughs> when they go to the superhero Comic-Con... I feel like you're trying to shut me down. Yeah, a little bit. Are you, are you trying to repress me? There was there was so many like guest stars. I mean, there was like... Uh, Jimmy Fallon was on... Uh, like uh, A translucent man was on... Jimmy Fallon, and then they go to this convention trying to, because they're like, we got to figure out what happened to this girl because she doesn't speak. We need someone who can, like, read her mind. So they go to find a kind of former washed-up superhero slash child star named, like, Mesmer, who can read people's mind when he touch them. And it's a grown-up Haley Joel Osment from The Sixth Sense. Yes. And he's at this convention, and there's, like, Tara Reed and Billy Zane and... <laughs> All these, like, actually looks very much like uh, the Walk of Fame at Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, it even had, like, the same, like, curtain backdrops with the celebrity signs. And it's like, you know, they go get him to, to and bribe him into to talking to her. But, yeah, and, you know, he turns out to, you know, gets all their information off his, like, Nest Cam or whatever and turns it over to... To Homelander. Which, what did that do? Absolutely nothing, because it was a big double cross. Oh, yeah. He stole his phone. <laughs> He's like, dude, it's my phone. <laughs> but yeah, he, he finally sees Billy's face and recognizes him. And this whole time, you, you, you think he killed Billy's wife, because she disappeared for eight years, and no one knows what happened to her. And he starts... He goes to Sitwell and is like, hey, remember Becky who used to work here that kind of disappeared? Like, did y'all fire her? Uh, yeah, yeah, she just quit. Like, you know, so he goes to the doctor who created him. And that's when you get that whole, like, you know, you're my greatest disappointment. He tells him, it's like, yeah, like, uh, Sitwell came with me. Apparently she was, like, knocked up with your kid. And, and so we it, i guess uh female bodies aren't designed to uh grow superhero babies apparently cuz and he's like you know <coughs> so we we covered it up you know she came here and we tried to like save her but the baby was too strong and ended up ripping his way out or well, so what happened to the baby uh, he lived about 10 seconds and then and then uh you know didn't survive yeah basically drowned on the mother's blood yeah so you think like you know freaking homeland this whole thing you know, raped her and ended up killing her but actually he doesn't know what happened to her either and he's like this guy's trying to kill me. I think I should know why. And then goes to Sitwell and like, hey, I went to talk to the doctor. And he, you know, 
what do you think he told me? And he's like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's we did, we wanted to protect you. It's kind of hard dealing with a miscarriage. And he's like, hmm, these stories don't add up. So what really happened? <laughs> well, uh, you know, the, the team kind of gets all, all blown in there. They've gathered enough evidence to get the CIA to, like, finally legitimize them and take down the superheroes, and then that's when the whole plan of the super terrorists pop up, and they're like, well, we can't bust them now because we need them. You know, we'll protect your families like we promised, but y'all are all burned. You're on your own. And, of course, all the team gets arrested and sent to, like, black ops jail, except for Billy and Huey, who happens to not be there at the time. So Billy's like, you're on your own. I'm taking this fucker down regardless. <laughs> and goes and ties up, you know, he thinks, you know, Sitwell is the only thing he cares about because they can't find any actual weakness to him. So he ties up old Sitwell with a shitload of C4 and is like, I'm going to blow her up right in front of you. And that's when he shows up and was like, hey, guess what? I talked to the doctor again and he gave me the correct story. So fuck you. And like just you know, melts her with his eye beams. <laughs> and he's like, oh shit, there went my leverage. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, the relationship between Homelander and Sitwell was, very stalkerish. Well, not only stalkerish, but I mean, you know, like Homelander is a big baby, yeah. You know, and he wants the same loving caress from Sitwell that she gives to the he's like jealous superhero the... baby, and it's like you know, like the whole like him like you know wanting to be breastfed and you know like sucking on his thumbs and everything else like once again it's just like you're a man baby yeah oh but then that's one thing they never come on in there's a baby in the room you know and you know when when homelander's like well you lost your uh weapon here what you gonna do now and bill's like well fuck it detonates the bomb so there's probably a dead baby somewhere that they just kind of never glance at. But, but then again, he saved Billy. He potentially could have saved the baby. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's some plausible deniability that Butcher didn't blow up a kid. <laughs> Maybe. But at that point, he was like, we're all going to die anyway. Fuck it. I'm just going to go out on my terms. But, you know, he wakes up in a yard somewhere in suburban America. And uh, with Homelander, who's like, hey, buddy, you finally waking up? You've been out a long time. It's like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, well, you can thank me for saving you, and I got something to show you. And turns out that the baby didn't die, his wife didn't die, that she had the kid and apparently got put in some kind of Vought witness relocation program. And, and oh, shit, there's his wife and Homelander's son alive and well. And that's kind of where we... Leave off for that season arc. two, yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of uh, twists and um, unexpected things that that arose. Um, you know, this first season, and I, I don't know. I mean, it was unlike anything. Um, blindly, I was anticipating. So. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, if, if a lot of twists there, thing, yeah. you're like, oh shit! Now I'm definitely going to see. So if you know two. somebody that is not a fan of typical nerdy superhero films. This is, you know, pretty much the, the series for them. <laughs> but we're not really talked about the other story. Yeah. Arc Cause of I mean, there's the big story arc between Billy Hugh and, and, you know, or not Billy, uh, Huey and, uh, 
and uh, Starlight, where the whole time he he ends up meeting her on a on a bench, just where she after she's had her bad day and realized that I mean, the dude, job's it was not just where, straight up Forrest Gump, okay? Yeah, not where she wanted it to be, and they kind of legitimately become friends. And then he finds out she's a hero, and they start trying to use her to get more information, and eventually it comes out that you know she finds out what they've secretly been doing and he is legitimately falling for. He's like, Hey, you saved me. Like I was so full of hate and stuff when all this started and I met you and you were normal and actually a good person that, you know, I don't feel that way about all heroes and Hey, you're my buddies have been captured. You've got security clearance. You can help save them because vaults up to some really shady shit and you are a hero. So you should do something about this. And she's like, yeah, but I don't fucking care. And she's like, cause she's hurt. And he tries to go save the team by themselves and, and gets like caught himself. And they're all pinned down about to get killed by. Well, I mean, he, he intentionally gets himself caught. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the interesting thing about how he, uh, he yeah, goes he's like man it up. Cause well, I mean, you know, like they first drive by the comp apartment complex, you know, um, Huey and, um, butcher, and, you know, it's like, nope, they've been burned. They're gone. You know, we're so, on our own. And There's a black well, van with flowers know? on it. <laughs> well, there's a black flower van, you know. Because yeah, he made that joke earlier because when they got they, like a, a freaking U-Haul van to spy on the other girl, he's like, he's like, why? He's like, hey, this van's less suspicious than a big black van with flowers on the side. And sure enough, that's what the CIA is watching him with is a big black van with, a, with, a, uh, with flowers on the side. But, yeah, he gets captured... Uh, Yet has a a magical key that he disguised as a permanent retainer, which works. You know, I mean, he didn't have to keister stash. Yeah. So you know, with everything else in the the series, I I kind of thought that would be the direction they went, but uh, no. I mean, but the thing about a permanent retainer molded around your teeth is. Um, it's probably not going to come out as easy as it went in. So that was kind of interesting for them to figure out, like, hey, we've got this lifeline, but how do we get it out of his mouth, you know? <laughs> One guy's over there, like, you know, just trying to rip it out, and he's like, ah, uh, no, that's probably not going to work. Going to need more force. <laughs> but then you have, like, Starlight, who's gone back to the party because she told him he didn't care, and she's trying to starting to try to become heartless and then just makes herself sick and finally talks to Maeve and Maeve's like, listen, you'll be the, like, it's too late for me. I've lost my soul in this business, but you should still be the goody two shoes that takes no shit. Like, you know, don't let this, you know, world destroy you. And so she shows up and helps Billy rescue the, the remainder of the boys, uh, from the, from the black ops and even has to fight, uh, a train who's, Finally, drugs caught up with him and has a heart attack, which is the most anticlimactic, anticlimactic fight. But then again, as he's having the heart attack, Billy's like looking at him and he's like, "Yo, this is what I've wanted, but fuck, I can't do it." And he starts giving yeah, him CPR, to give him CPR and, and stuff. So yeah. he's actually still a good dude despite the things he's done so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, so much of his arc, he he becomes the product of his environment, but at the same time, it's like. You know, you can kind of justify yeah. a lot of what he's done. You know, it hasn't just been, you know, like with with Butcher. You know, a lot of times I just felt, hey, you hate superheroes just for the fact that they're supers and, you know, 
you're going to leave it at that. You don't really care. Where I think, you know, Huey is more... No, I think there's good supers, you know, and yeah, they're not you know, all all trash. you know trash, you know that you know they've just kind of been dealt a shitty hand at times, and you know I I don't know I mean to me I almost feel like it's a method of survival, right? Either you do what Vought wants you to do and how they want you to do it. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a black bag and, you know, some black site somewhere never to be seen or heard from again. <laughs> or sent to Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> Which apparently doesn't have a lot of crime, but they do have a sweet water park. Yeah. <laughs> they You've been invited to cut the ribbon. <laughs> so any uh, favorite... Mo- oh, yeah, I like the Spice Girls speech. <laughs> when they oh yeah where he's talking about baby spice and ginger yeah. spice and it's like what have they done on their own <laughs> yeah like Frenchie and mother's milk doesn't get along and the team's about to break up and he's like hey what has posh spice been doing he's like what 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 about ginger and he names off all the spicers he's like yeah they haven't done shit they've done their best work when they were together like when we're better together and they're like man you suck at like motivational speeches <laughs> and why the fuck do you know so much about the spice girls <laughs> and when they finally you know Meet Kinko, uh, Kinko, uh, Kamiko. Frenchie's kind of like thinks she has potential to be a good guy, and she's like, he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Wait, don't guess her. Why? She may be a Spice Girl." Oh, <laughs> 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 well, yeah. I, I, I don't. I kind of felt motivated. I was like, well, "Shit, they're about right." I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I was like, "Is it?" So any, uh, any favorite moments from the boys? Because yeah, this was definitely a surprising series and not at all what i <laughs> thought it was going to be i mean i think some of my favorite moments we've you know already covered i i, I don't know i mean i kind of like starlight's realization that she may actually have a legit connection with huey when you know she's at the party after she's about to give up on life and you know she's telling the dude that yeah sometimes my eyes blink when i come it's like oh shit my eyes blink so fuck i think i love him (laughs) i can't do this i gotta go save the boy you know yeah i said the the whole story arc of so your life may depend on making the next girl's uh (laughs) orgasm so make sure that you know she's your ride or die but the the special effects were great i mean when he starts to slicing dudes up with his laser vision it's like what you've always imagined would happen if Superman, like, broke bad. I mean, it's like, ooh, that's messy. <laughs> and the freaking dolphin th- thievery was... that I laughed way too hard at that. <laughs> Just... <laughs> in fact, it goes kind of... It's right after, like, his big speech about Spice Girls, and he's, like, in this van jamming to Spice Girls as he's stealing his uh, dolphin girlfriend. <laughs> Oh, and then it kind of all goes goes bad. Yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, you know, this was uh, not at all what I was anticipating or expecting. Um, it was a series I didn't know I wanted, but apparently I did. Uh, because the way that it wrapped up, I was like, fuck, that's it? There needs to be more. Like, yeah, no. what the hell's with this eight-season pilot shit? <laughs> yeah, don't know or when... Or eight-episode... Uh... Uh, when we'll get a, a season two, but it has already been green lit, so we'll 
we'll see that soon or you know hopefully so what's uh final thoughts are on this here cigar great cigar it's great for any occasion i like it i mean it's exactly what i would want in a everyday cigar it's priced right it's not overly powerful it's not underwhelmingly underwhelmingly um weak on strength it's got complexity it you know yeah like i've been hooked on the punch diablos lately but i mean this is not quite as strong as that but it's well i mean that's the thing is it's definitely not you know strong like a diablo but you know this is something that if somebody says hey i'm a i'm a medium you know cigar smoker i would turn them over to this you know, um, you know, it's not super spicy. It's not, you know, overly heavy. It, it's just an all-around good smoke. Um, yeah, like the uh, like the title says, it's a it's a good session cigar. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you know, I think it was a very appropriate cigar for this podcasting session. Yep, definitely have to pick up a couple more of these for uh, my Dragon Con smokes. And uh, with that, we'll be right back. Ready to learn some shit, Brad? Yeah, man. What you got? Well, we talked about Russia developing a Terminator a while back. Uh, There's some famous video of a robot dual wielding some Glocks uh, <laughs> and being a, a badass. Well, the robot is finally going to space. Uh, Doesn't look very Terminator. <laughs> You should have seen the video with the two guns. Well, I did see that. <laughs> yes, uh, next week uh, they're sending the humanoid robot called Fedor to the Russian side of the International Space Station and a first, like, it's going to be an unmanned flight, so it's a robot delivering a robot to the space station. <laughs> hmm. So is this Skybot F850? Yep, that is the the bot that's going up there, which is a part of the, these Fedora bots. Uh, which oh shit! So for the first time, the this you know robot's not going to be flying in the cargo hold. It will literally be in the commander's seat. Uh, so they you know they've apparently taught the robot to fly. But <laughs> all right, well I've got an issue. 
So it'll travel to space in crewless mode via the Soyuz MS-14. MS-13's bad enough. Now we got fucking 14? Holy shit. Super rushing gang. I think we just watched a series about this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, basically this robot can operate in a AI-controlled an autonomous thing, but they can also operate in what they call avatar mode where someone controls it kind of reminds me a lot of uh that armada book where you know a pilot will be controlling the the robot remotely and this one is being will be greeted by uh a cosmonaut that has been specially trained to operate this robot and gonna you know run it through its paces and see if uh how well the the robot can uh operate on the on the space station because that's originally what these robots beside you know dual wielding glocks were designed for deep space exploration and and stuff were not great for humans yeah absolutely i i don't know i mean i think it's cool you know see where it goes maybe maybe they'll fight off ms-14 <laughs> but yeah they're saying they're conducting what they're calling a preparatory stage to one day bring humans to the surface of the moon again. Um, and, you know, also we're, you know, you can send a bunch of these down and build whatever habitats that live astronauts will one day go to. And, and, you know, supposedly, uh, do cool shit in space. Absolutely. What you got next on the list? Well, one thing's you know robots uh you know like to listen to when whenever he gets up there we'll have some sweet sweet techno music to to jam out to. <laughs> Recently, Italian astronaut became first DJ to play a set in space. I bet it was out of this world. <laughs> and I'll I'll be here all night. <laughs> yes, uh Italian astronaut Luca Pirmitano uh was specially trained by DJ Lashuk uh, to before he went up to the ISS and played a full DJ set of some trance music and techno live stream to a party boat off the coast of Abiz, being the first DJ set from space. Uh, the astronaut is calling himself DJ Astro Luca. <laughs> All right, sweet. Yeah, this was uh, you know, the first DJ set in space, and you know, basically, uh, you know, Luca said when you know he said he was asked a question by a psychologist, "What's the, you know, if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be?" And he he said the world should have one common language where everyone could talk because I believe communication is one of the way to solve most problems. And he said, you know, he kind of realized there already is that language where. You know, math is one, it's universal worldwide. So he said scientists, no matter where they're from, can communicate with the language of science and math because that's kind of universal. And the other common language that we all communicate with is music. Like music is kind of, you know, universally, even if you don't speak the language, you know, oh, yeah. music is no, something I mean, that can you know, bring that, people together. If that was a thing, then, you know, most bands would not be able to do worldwide tours due to the language barriers and stuff. But, I mean... You know, it's often funny to me to see, you know, the same songs 
you know, performed here in the U.S. and then get, you know, performed over in Japan and people are, you know, saying the words and everything else, you know, right along with it, just, you know, like anybody else would. So, I mean, music is an universal language. Yeah, he closed his set by addressing the crowd and saying, this is an opportunity for us all to share a common language, a common dream. Space is a very common dream that joins people all over the world, and this op- opportunity to unite science and music for people to enjoy them in this way was just too good to pass. This is a great opportunity for people to look around and enjoy the world the same way that we do from up here. Uh, so, you know, you're you're more musically inclined uh, than I am. If you were able to perform in space, what is a song that would need to be on your space play- playlist? Oh... Gosh. You can't put me on the spot like that. I mean, Elton John's Rocket Man would probably I mean, that would probably be a, a pretty good one. I I don't know. I mean, uh, ACDC's Big Balls. Because <laughs> you got to have big balls to go to space. Well, I mean, not only that, but, but planets, you know, they're spherical. Come on, man. Make it scientific. <laughs> Um, the, the techno uh, imperial march. <laughs> I don't. I I just I'd have to really put some some thought into that one. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, you think about it. We'll get back to you. You know, as we said, a couple days away from Dragon Con. If anyone's been to Dragon Con, you know, there's two things that you. you that you're probably going to end up doing is drinking alcohol. And if you've attended either the Metro diner or the Klingon karaoke is playing some sweet karaoke jams at some point during the weekend. But I have a cautionary tale for you, man in China hospitalized with collapsed lung after too much karaoke. I mean, I would, that's probably a hell of a performance though, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yes, a uh, a man in China collapsed after attempting too many high notes uh, in an intense karaoke se- session. 65-year-old man from Nanchang County uh, reportedly sang 10 high-pitched songs in a <coughs> row when he started to suffer from chest pain and breathlessness. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess at that point it's good to know, you know, what your natural singing is. I guess you shouldn't sing, you know... Alto if you're a soprano or vice versa. Yeah, so just you know, words up if you're going to be doing some karaoke, try to limit your uh, your high notes to less than ten songs, or you know maybe you know don't try that at sixty five because could be a problem. I mean, I've I've done some sweet karaoke jams at the Metro Diner, but yeah, I don't know if I could do uh, <laughs> ten high ranges in a row. That's especially on my uh, cigar smoking lungs. So yeah, that's, that's a word of caution for you if you're gonna party uh, this weekend. Yeah, just you know maybe work in a couple uh, slower tunes in there to <laughs> let your vocals rest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know. I singing just was not a gift. I guess you can learn to sing, but yeah. <laughs> uh another weird bit of science this week. Uh. Remember the old school uh, freaking sitcoms and stuff? They all have those stupid uh, laugh tracks. And now researchers at University College of London, which 
sounds like you know university and college same thing their their name's a little redundant <laughs> um basically wanted to see if fake laughter would make things funnier uh, and they've published their work in the journal of current biology and basically they told dad jokes <laughs> they they took around 40 dad jokes and rated them on a scale from one to not of not funny to seven hilarious and in, in some of the examples of the jokes they use, what state has the smallest drinks? Minnesota. What does a dinosaur use to pay his bills? Tyrannosaurus checks. <laughs> so they had a, a professional comedian record two different versions of this. One's with just you know natural laughter and with the old school canned laughter. And they did uh, find that laugh, you know, added laughter, whether it's canned or natural, significantly increased how funny the jokes were when perceived by you know an audience well i mean i guess that's often the thing right like i don't know sometimes just people laughing can be funny you know or you respond you know more when other people are you know laughing and stuff like that so it's almost like a peer pressure I, thing I, too well where like, i mean you know everyone else like, thinks it's funny so it must be funny <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's probably the biggest thing right because you know you can have those bad jokes and one person laugh and then everybody else kind of be like oh well they're laughing maybe, maybe i should laugh and before you know it the whole room is laughing and everybody's why are we laughing you know so yeah one of the things they found um, lead author professor sophie scott said, what the study shows is that adding laughter to a joke increases the humor value, no matter how funny or unfunny the joke is. But they did find that natural laughter actually got gave jokes a bigger increase than the, the fake laughter. Kind of why some shows now are recorded in front of a live studio audience, so the laugh track is more more natural than the the old uh, canned uh, laughter from the, from the old shows. Maybe that's what we need. We need to start adding a laugh track to this uh, podcast to make it sound cooler. Maybe we'll get more listeners then. Yeah, who knows? Be, not just us laughing at our own jokes. I don't laugh anyway. Well, you have no soul. <laughs> that might be true. But uh, you know what I do have? What's that? Music ideas for space. All right, what you got? All right, so... Kind of cliche-ish, but... Uh, up next, Life on Mars, David Bowie. Nice. You know, uh, I feel like maybe like a Rolling Stone, Bob Dylan, you know, um, one of the greatest songs of all time, regardless of how overplayed in any guitar store, just because it's too wonderful of a song, Stairway to Heaven. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Stairway to Heaven's a good space joke. Um, and then just for why the hell not? Because it's a great song. Sultans of Swing, Dire Straits. Or what about uh, Take a Ride on Heavy Metal? I mean, I, th- I think it would be another good Space Playlist song. Yeah, very well could be. So, I don't know. Well, that's all the science I got for you this week. So, we'll be right back with some news. The answer. The ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything is 42. That's right, Broad Speculation, and on the 42 cast, we bring you drama-free discussions on television shows, movies, video games, novels, and comics. So don't bother thinking about the question, just go straight to the answer. It's only on the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. And now, it's time for all things nerdy 
in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. In this rendition of Nerd News, we've got movie trailers, controversy, more movie trailers. <laughs> and, more controversy? Uh, that's up for debate. Okay. We'll see. Depends on how folks feel. <laughs> um, but with the Halloween season fast approaching, a film that we will not see this Halloween. Oh. But it is by Guillermo del Toro. So you know it's going to be fucked up. Oh, yeah. Like, um, so you like Wendigos. <laughs> Yay, Wendigos. Yay, Wendigo film actually feature- featuring Wendigos. Sweet. Yep. Set to release sometime in 2020, I believe. But yeah, I mean, our first kind of teaser trailer-ish to uh, his film Antlers. And um, yeah, um, looks, looks like, like some weird cannibal monster movie, which his like low budget like horror movies are almost, I mean, they're something better than some of his like big budget And I mean, that's the thing. Movies. It's like I went into this trailer, you know, I was like, mm, is it going to be B-movie-ish? But no, it's like... Ah, um, and after doing some further research, apparently there is a uh, short story called The Quiet Boy. Um, probably should have read that before um, I talked about <laughs> the uh, trailer, but, you know, that would require extra effort on my part. I did not do that. <laughs> so, if you're curious for a little bit of a backstory in the premise as to antlers, because not sure how much going to be covered, uh, be sure to check out The Quiet Boy. Um... I don't know. I mean, just this minute and a half snippet kind of, it's intriguing. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Don't go in the woods alone. Yeah. <laughs> and don't bully the creepy kid, because apparently he has a man-eating father. I don't, don't ever bully the creepy kids. Because when Papa Bear's hungry and there's no meat, Papa Bear gonna eat regardless of, uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what may be about. So, um... Moving right along, um, up next is something. I don't know what. <laughs> Actually, I do. It is a sequel that, when it was first announced, I was like, how are they pulling that off? Well, apparently we've got our second trailer for Rambo's Last Blood. And it looks better. Yes. Oh, the more I'm seeing of this, the more I'm like, yes, taking it to the origins. And... Yeah, just the cuts between OG original Rambo and like now Rambo. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Because apparently we got a little more of the storyline. It looks like he has a, a niece, and it looks like she's captured by some kind of Mexican drug cartel, and he has to go rescue her. <laughs> so it's kind of like Taken. Yeah, never, never take Rambo's niece. Don't, don't, don't. I think when it comes to Rambo, you should probably never take anything that, yeah, you know. he has a particular set of skills. Yes. <laughs> I think he knows how to use them. <laughs> yes, with extreme violence. I mean, you know, so... Uh, I, I, this was one that, I gotta say, I was kind of on the fence about, but then the first trailer looked cool. Yeah, it almost this makes me trailer just, you know, was like, holy shit, I've got to see this. Yeah. Like, you know... There's a little bit of action I, I, in that first trailer. This I one is kinda, like all action. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of felt like, you know, Logan was a really good film. And I kind of feel like this is sort of going in that same direction, which I think is awesome. Yeah. 
So um, Rambo is set to release uh, September 20th in 2019. Yeah. So right around the corner. Um, up next. So Disney's been on this kick where I guess animation is no longer cool. Everything's got to be live action. Yeah, they've like ran out of original ideas, so now we're just going to live action all our old properties is yes. <laughs> the way it's going. I mean, I can remember watching this animated film on VHS as a kid, but apparently we are now getting live action Lady and the Tramp. Oh, yeah, Come on, Disney, give us something original. <laughs> I mean, for the feels, you know, I guess the nostalgia and everything else. I mean, it's a good story. I mean, my my dogs eat spaghetti, but I doubt they're going to share a spaghetti noodle until <laughs> no, they're, they'll probably bite each other. Yeah, I don't think they'd bite each other, but it's my spaghetti noodle. You know, they'd be like, probably look at me and be like, "This is it, really? Like, <laughs> it's got to be more than this." Um. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> looks like it could be, you know, an all right film. I don't know. Girlfriend's excited for it. I mean. <laughs> I guess I gotta do more family-oriented things. Nobody likes my, you know, senseless violence and everything from that nature. But um, <laughs> apparently, this will be streaming November twelfth on Disney Plus. Ah. That's going to segue into something that I'm a lot more excited about. That will also be streaming on November twelfth yeah. on Disney Plus. Seeing a trend here. Oh yeah, everything's I, I, going Disney Plus. Yes, um, but we got our trailer for The Mandalorian. Yeah, this is the thing that's like when I was like, ah, fuck Disney Plus, I'm not buying another streaming service. And then they did this, and then they announced it. And I'm like, all right, maybe. And then they made the trailer, and I'm like, holy shit, this looks like OG Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, this looks dark and gritty from the trailer, and I'm kind of wondering stormtrooper helmets on spikes yes, and. Um, yeah, it looks pretty badass. If you've ever wanted, I mean, so far it's been long rumored, and we've never received a, a, uh, whatever Boba Fett movie. This looks like what the Boba Fett movie should have been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, IG eighty eight. Yeah, I mean, badass. Uh, watching somebody get crushed, crushed in a blast door in a trailer, pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, and I he's mean, just like freaking straight up gunslinging. It's almost like. Uh, fucking you know clint eastwood the man with no name or like you know it very much looks like an old gunslinger western except in the star wars universe yeah i mean and i I don't know i mean the mandalorians have always been one aspect of star wars that i've loved that just have never really been given a whole lot of screen time for some reason no i mean there's been some great stuff in the the old expanded universe and book stuff but yeah it's the first time we've really got to see Mandalorian doing Mandalorian shit. <laughs> yeah. And I am excited. I mean, did did you hear the other Star Wars Disney Plus news uh, that was announced this week? I don't remember. We've finally, they announced it at the D23 Expo. We're finally getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And Ewan McGregor is returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi for the Disney Plus series. That is awesome. So far, that's the only information we have about it is, yeah, Obi-Wan's coming back. But yeah. That's finally been long rumored, finally confirmed as a thing that's going to happen. Sweet. Yeah. Another thing that happened is, uh, do you see Ray wielding a double-bladed lightsaber in Rise of the Skywalker? Ooh. (laughs) 
What does that mean? <laughs> is she going to go evil? Well, I don't <laughs> Darth know. Ma- we find out her real father's Darth Maul. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we, we could. I mean, but it's not Maul's lifesaver because it is blue and red. Well, it makes sense that, uh, you know, she's always been a bow staff wielder. So the, the lightsaber staff is, uh, is, makes more sense. And it being blue and red, though, that could be like, you know, we've, they've kind of talked about. Maybe she's kind of a turning or conflicting or something. Who knows? Or they've kind of talked about the doing away with the, the Jedi and something more kind of the gray Jedi mix of light and dark, uh, where it's just the force and not light or dark. I mean, so that kind of could be alluding to that fate. Yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, it, I mean she was trained with a quarter staff. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and this new people could be called the Skywalkers. You know, we're doing away with Jedi and Sith, and now we are the Skywalkers. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, we will see. Yeah, who Christmas knows? Time. I mean, maybe she killed, you know, somebody evil, and, you know, maybe she was able to, uh, you know, bleed the, uh, you know, a du- double saber, you know? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, who knows? I don't know. Space tacos. I like space tacos, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Um, moving right along, uh, let's talk about some, some Marvel stuff, uh, Black Panther 2, we know that there's a sequel set for 2022, um, you know, looks like as of right now that is scheduled for May 6th, um, don't really know any details or anything else, um, but that's coming, um, I do kind of welcome that. Uh, speaking of D23, I did see... I, I couldn't find a good image of it, but um, apparently they've released like, an entire Star Wars timeline. <laughs> now that they've kind of like, all right, we yeah. deleted this and added this. and So, yeah, they kind of like, all right, here's the new timeline of, of shit. Yes, absolutely. So you can keep up. Um, okay. Let's talk about something that... I, I I still don't know how I feel about this. I personally don't think it's needed, but Matrix Four. Yeah, I mean the. I mean, yeah, we get Keanu Reeves and uh, you know. How though? It's like him and Carrie Ann Moss both died at the end of the Matrix Three, so it's, it's like what? <laughs> and like I said, the I well, we talked about it when we did our Matrix episode. Really liked the first Matrix movie, but the other two just eh, not that excited about so i'm like do we really need a matrix four yeah i i I don't know i mean i'm with you i don't really see how we go back to that point i mean you know do they say it's all a matrix you know fallacy and there's some uber mind fuck that occurs maybe but i mean they did kind of say in the like the third one that shit keeps rehappening so but i mean maybe he's reincarnated again then again, like they're talking about potentially recasting Morpheus for a younger actor. <laughs> so I I don't know. Like, Who knows? I mean, with no plot details or anything else, um, we'll see. I don't know. I just I was kind of perplexed at that announcement. I did not see that coming. Yep. Um. Okay. Now for the. 
let's let's get the cat out of the bag. Let's talk about Disney and Sony now bitching and squabbling, and as of right now, Tom Holland is removed from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, supposedly the deal that would allow MCU to use Spider-Man has gone away because the Voight corporate, I mean, Disney, uh, wanted more money, and Sony told them to go fuck themselves, so... Yeah, it's at this point it's kind of back and forth of whether or not they're still going to be able to use them. But so far, they're saying any future Spider-Man movies will not have any Marvel involvement. Which the first two Spider-Man movies were good. So, I if, mean, that's the thing. It's like you know what? What are you going back to, Sony? Are you going to try to bring back you know Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and you know do that same shit again? Like you're going to keep using Tom Holland, but then put him in a shitty movie. <laughs> Like, I mean, you know, there's been some, you know, which I think Far From Home was Sony, right? Or, well, both of them were well, Sony, but they were produced by Marvel Studios, so yeah. they were better written <laughs> and had, like, ties to the the MCU. So what are they going to do? They do another Marvel, and they're not able, not able to talk about Tony Stark and Iron Man? Or have, you know, freaking uh, any MCU people show up to assist yeah, this does not look good for the future of Sony. But then it, Marvel is MCU has put so much into making Spider-Man an important character that how are they going to continue as well with no Spider-Man? I mean, do we bring in the Night Monkey now? Is that how they replace him? <laughs> the Night Monkey will be in the next the, Avengers the hero movie. hero we never wanted nor needed has now made an appearance. Oh, Marvel's Night Monkey. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I mean, you know, because we saw him in Civil War. We saw him in Infinity War. We saw him in Endgame, you know, Far From Home, Homecoming. Yeah, and I Homecoming mean, really propped him up as, or Far From Home really propped him up as to be the next Iron Man, kind of, and take over yeah, more of a leadership like, role. But now all that's kind of gone to shit, so... We'll see what the future holds for MCU and Sony. I mean, granted, you know, I guess, you know, I'd, for so long, hey, are we actually going to get Spider-Man in the MCU was a thing. But now that we got it, it's like, I don't know. But then again, I kind of feel like, you know, it's just a corporate posturing between, you know, Sony and Disney. And then they both realize, hey, there's money to be made. So we just got to figure out who gets what cut of what. Yeah, because and now you they've know. got the all the Fox properties joining the MCU, so they may be like, well, you know, we can do without Spider Man. We'll replace or does him Disney with some just Marvel, go ahead and buy Sony mutants. and say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I don't know, you know, the Mouse Empire takes down another one. Yep. Any other tidbits, news, anything you want to share with the listeners at home? Oh, well, let's briefly talk about Dragon Con, since that's going to be our next thing we go, we're going to. Is that a thing? Yep. Oh. This weekend in Atlanta, uh, we will be at the Dragon Con Cigar Group annual meetup Thursday night, starting at 7 o'clock at the Red Foam booth. So if you're in the area, you want to come smoke, uh, come, come see us there. The rest of the weekend, we'll be... Hanging out random spots. We'll be probably be smoking behind the the Hilton or behind the Hyatt uh, at the pool area. So follow us on all our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cigar Nerd Pod to keep up with what we're doing. Hell, send us a message. You want to meet up and smoke with us if you can't make it to the 
the official meet. You know, like I said, we'll probably stop and have a cigar a time or two throughout the weekend. And tips for yeah, and tips for people that are coming to Dragon Con: get some sleep if you can. Definitely shower at least every other day. <laughs> Hydrate because it's hot as fuck in Atlanta. If you you're uh, out of town and don't know how Atlanta weather is, especially when you're making the death march from the well, Sheridan to I, the Western. I would say don't just dress for the heat because Atlanta can get kind of chilly at night depending on if we have any cold fronts or anything <laughs> yeah. come through. So, I mean, there's been a couple of Dragon Cons where it's like... Oh, Atlanta shit. weather's a bit bipolar. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I, I need some jeans and, you know, it might not hurt to have a long sleeve shirt because it's kind of windy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and tips specifically for cigar nerds. There's not a whole lot of places around there to get cigars so other than the phone booth, so always... BYOC, uh, so you might not be able to to find anything locally within walking distance, and make sure you refill all your lighters and accessories because again, you might not be able to if you run out of fluid, you might not be able to find any butane uh, nearby. <laughs> so hydrate, get some sleep, bring your own cigars, and shoot us a message. Come smoke with us. We'll be hanging out at one of the hotels uh, time and again. And with that, like I said, you can follow us on all those social medias I just mentioned at Cigar Nerd Pod. We're also on CigarNerdPodcast.com. And we are a member of the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. And get your Strike Force Energy for the weekend, StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds. And if you just want to wear a cool cigar related shirt, check out RealMenSmokeCigars.com. They also have the Cigar Nerds shirts there. And with that, don't freak out, it's just a pinky. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.